Hey, church, man, I am so blessed. This morning, we get to, we're, we're kind of shifting gears. We've been in a series called Faith Over Fear, and uh, what a tremendous joy that's been. But this morning, we're starting a new one, and it's really, it has to do with the third person of the Trinity, not not third in number, like you got to order like one, two, three, but in co-equal, co-existent, co-power, co-everything, the Holy Spirit, which is probably the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. And we're going to look at the purpose of power. Because a lot of times when we think of the Holy Spirit and we think of power, there's some things that kind of come up in our mind and a lot has to do with our experiences or what we've seen and, and say, I'm not so sure about that. See, all of us have had a father. So we know about Father God and we know about what it is to have a father. So it's not a, that abstract of a concept. It's, oh, I know a dad, good or bad, none can compare. It's like when we sing good, good father, you know, your heart just goes, oh, he's a good, good father. You know, can you say amen? I know I can. And then we know about Jesus, the son, because either you've had a brother or, or you've had, you maybe your mom, you've had a son or you are a son. Or a daughter, you know about children. So we understand the concept of a father and a son. But when it comes to to Holy Spirit, that's where we can kind of, I don't know, can get off kilter. I know in my experience, in my 34 years of of actually being connected with him and him connecting with me, uh, I was raised in church and I'm so thankful that my mom made sure, my mom and dad, they made sure every Sunday that we were in church, period. And they had us dressed nice. They had seven of us. We'd line a pew. And I celebrate, mom, if you're watching, I celebrate your faithfulness to get us there. You know, the only problem was is they got me there, but I wasn't there. I was there in physical form, but I wasn't connecting. And I believe part of that is, had nothing to do with the church, had more to do with me and where I was at. And I think for us, if we're not careful, we'll allow this, the Holy Spirit kind of, it, it kind of throws us off kilter. And I believe, like I said a moment ago, it's, it's what we've experienced or what we've seen. And so we take that into our experiences and then we go and we try to, we try to put that on Him. And this morning as we start this purpose of power, I want to start off in the book of Acts because <clears throat> The Bible in the New Testament, it starts off with the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they chronicle the life of Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, fully man. And they chronicle his life, where he was born. It, it chronicles how he operated as far as the miracles he did. And it chronicles his, his birth. It chronicles his life. It chronicles his death. And it even chronicles his resurrection. But then right after the Gospels, we have this book called the Book of Acts. <clears throat> And it's, it can be called the Acts of the Apostle. It's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Luke, Dr. Luke wrote this and he, he, he puts in here and he starts out giving us an understanding that there's more, that God wants us to experience all that he has for us. And, and I personally want that for you as well. And so if you got your Bibles, if you'll look in Acts chapter one, we're going to read <clears throat> verses three through eight. And it starts out saying, after his suffering, Jesus, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
Now, the, the reason that is, <clears throat> there were many people that when Jesus raised, he told them he was going to raise from the dead. The whole time he was here, he's like, hey, I, I, you know, it's going to happen. You know, I'm going to, this temple's going to be destroyed. It'll be raised again in three days. Uh, people couldn't grasp that. Even his own disciples couldn't grasp that. But when it happened, he continually uh, appeared. And it says, it goes on to say, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. So we're right now in day, if we were to do a calendar, like Easter was like 35 days ago. And so we're coming up on the the five more days and it'll be the third, the 40 days where Jesus, this would have, this actual conversation would have been taking place with his disciples. And he goes on and says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So he had already talked to him about it. He'd been telling him about it. And uh, we're going to look at that this morning. And in verse five, he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There it is. Another word for spirit in the original language is, is it's in Hebrew or Greek, it would be ghost. And we'll look at, break that down a little bit more here in just a minute. Then in verse six, it said, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, his disciples, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, you got to think in their mind, in their understanding, Rome was in authority over Jerusalem. They were, the, the Israel was under Roman rule at that point. They'd been conquered by the Romans. And so they thought, hey, this thing of power, Jesus is, is this it? Is this the time you're going to restore? We get the power back. We're going to have it and we get to, we get to, we get to take back over our own land. And I love what Jesus, Jesus said, you're thinking in the natural. And he said it this way, but you, he said in verse seven, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. It's like, that's great thinking, but hey, don't worry about those dates. Here's what I want you to focus on. And this is what we're looking at today. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, there's three things that I want to focus on in that in that one verse. One is you will receive power. And that's what many people focus on when they think about God and the Holy Spirit. They think of power. Power! You know, power. Or in, in as the old old you know hymns would say, there's power, power. So this thing of power, it is in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. And it says, you will, and then the other part of that is received. So in other words, Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to receive something, and it's not going to be of yourself. You're going to receive power, and, and we'll break that down, but you're going to receive power that comes from the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at that for a minute, because like I said, I believe the Holy Spirit gets a real bad rap sometimes, because... We experience things and all of a sudden we declare that's the Holy Spirit. Like we'll be celebrating Pentecost in just two weeks and we're going to break that down on that day. That's where that's you talk about an exciting day. That's where the birth of the church happened. And we'll be looking at that. But I want to look at this word spirit, Holy 
spirit. If you look in the original uh, language uh, in the Old Testament, it's, you know, Bible's written in two languages. You got Hebrew in the Old Testament and you got Greek in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the word for spirit, it really, the translators didn't have a great word that they could use. It, it was, uh, you know, h- how do we describe the person of the Holy Spirit? It's not a it. He's a person. So how do we describe him? What, what can we say about him? And so when it came to spirit, the word that's used in the Old Testament is ruach. And it's kind of got to get that sound in it. Ruach. And it means, this is what it means in the original language. It means wind, breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. Man, that's kind of scary, ain't it? Breath. It was, it was as if God was saying, hey, there's a, there's a breath of fresh air. There's, there's life. The Holy Spirit, it, it, he, he, it, you can't say he is breath. It's like, it, 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 it's what he does. And so when we look at this thing of, hey, this breath, this violent exhalation, how do you translate that into a language or into a word? That's where they said spirit. And it's found, first of all, in Genesis chapter 1, um, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and earth. And in verse 2 it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And, and can you can you see the difference in the Spirit of God hovering and the breath of God? Well, I just want to say, look, the breath of God was there. And as He breathed, as He spoke, the breath of God formed. The Spirit of God formed. As He spoke, the, the Spirit of God formed everything that was there. In the New Testament, the word is translated into pneuma. And, uh, and it, guess what? It means the same thing. A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Now, this is where, uh, what Jesus was talking about in, in John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. In other words, they're full of the breath of God, the life of God. It's kind of like when you, when you walk outside, if you, if you're in, in, inside, sometimes air can get stale and, and it, because of all the people in the room and different things. And then you walk outside and there's this beautiful breeze blowing and you walk out and you go, and you, you take it in, you go, wow, it's refreshing. That's the spirit of God. He's come to refresh. He, he's come to bring life. It's, uh, and, and by the way, my desire is for every one of you, not to simply at your house or whether here on this, on campus or wherever you would be, not to experience a service. I know myself and the elders and the other pastors, we want you to experience the presence of God. That, that something happens on the inside that you go, wow. You get that breath of fresh air, like, like life might be treating you kind of rough that all of us go through stuff. And, and our desire is that you would come here and experience a, wow, I, I can, I can, I can take another breath. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Keep doing your work in me. That's what in John 14, 16 and 17, uh, Jesus is talking to disciples. This is at the Last Supper. 
where he's telling him before he goes, he goes, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And it says the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. And he says this, for he lives with you, but will be in you. That's a key statement. Like, as Jesus is speaking, and he'd been with them for three years, and he's at the end where he's fixing to lay down his life. He's saying, hey, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send this, the Spirit. And right now you're experiencing it, but it's, it's, he's with you and you have joy because I'm right here. But I'm going to go and I'm going to give you the Spirit and he's going to be in you and he's going to blow fresh air, fresh wind, fresh revelation, fresh understanding, fresh life on the inside where you, where you really live. See, Christianity isn't meant to be a dull religion where you just kind of go through the motions. This is where we get animated. The spirit animates our spirit. And we want to look at that. I want, before we move on, I want to, I want to look at this word we call, uh, um, power. Because that's, that's the key. We said when the spirit comes on you, you'll have power. In the, in the, uh, Greek, it means dunamis. Many of you know this. And it literally is where we get our word dynamite from. And so when we think of dynamite, most of us think about, whoa, it's just a run. It's go, Get out of here. It's going to explode. It's going to be, get away. And I want to tell you, that's not what it means when we talk about the power of God. This is what dynamite, it says, strength, power, ability. Power for performing miracles. Inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and put forth. So when we talk about the dynamite, God's not wanting to come and blow up and destroy. He wants to come and blow you up, all right. But on the inside where there's such a joy and excitement of serving and connecting with Him. And the beautiful thing about it, that word receive, it's not something you can do of yourself. It's something you receive from Him. It's something I receive from Him. And so as we look at this, this purpose of power, um, we're going to do this over the next few weeks. I want you to think about this. I want you to to, re, to remove any anxieties you may have that hold it. He, he, he wants to hurt me or he wants, he, you know, what's going to happen to me if I release myself or allow the Holy Spirit in? I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be more excited about living than you ever thought. And not just living, but living for God and living with God. So I want to look at this purpose for power when we look at the Holy Spirit. Because um, Matthew uh, 13.54, Jesus comes to his own hometown in Nazareth. And, uh, and he says, come into his hometown. He began teaching the people in their synagogue that they and they were amazed. So Jesus shows back up. He'd already left home. He, uh, he went to the, and was baptized by John, came up out of the river and the, the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. Holy Spirit's not a dove. He, it said it was just basically that beautiful, calm, surreal, genteel, man, look at that. The doves right there. It's beautiful. It's refreshing. And so it, it he, he had experienced that. He returns to his hometown and they were amazed and they said this, where did this man, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? 
miraculous powers there? It's dunamis. It's the same thing, the same word that's used in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So they were amazed. Where did he get it? We know where he got it. He got it from the Spirit of God that dwelt within him. So I want to say this. The Holy Spirit isn't just something to be explained. He's not, he's not someone to just talk about or someone to be explained. He's to be experienced. And like I said, I want you with all my heart, we pray that, man, I want you to have all that God has for you. I want you to experience all that God has for you. Not just go through the motions, but actually be in motion, be animated by what he does in you and what he does through you. And so the first thing I want you to understand about the power is we are saved, regenerated or born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I can't save myself. And you go, Mark, what do you mean saved, regenerated, um, born again? In, in John chapter 3, uh, Jesus is kind of just starting out in, 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 in one of the religious leaders of his day. Nicodemus comes to him. He comes to him at night. He wasn't sure about him, but he comes at night and he says, Teacher, we know you're a man sent from God, for nobody could do the things that you do unless you were And then Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Like he can't experience all that. And then Nicodemus thinking only in the natural, and that's what many people do. If you're trying to figure this out just simply by your own natural understanding, there are things that are never going to make sense because it's not that you check your brain at the door. It's simply a matter of saying, hey, there's something that happens deep down inside. And so when he, <clears throat> when he did that, um, Nicodemus, when he said, how can a man be, you know, how can I be born again when I'm old? Can I enter my mother's womb a second time? And that was weird. But he, Jesus says, no. <clears throat> he said, Nicodemus, unless you're born of water and the spirit. <clears throat> so. There's a there's a, a rebirth that takes place on the inside. And you go, Mark, why is that important? Let me tell you. I got a little thing I want to show you, a little experience, a little object lesson. I thought I'd break that out. I've, I've got this lamp here. And uh, it's light, okay? And so when I turn this, this lamp on, <clears throat> it's got light coming into it. And it's only... Because of the cord that it's connected to, to the outlets, to the electrical power that's coming into it. And so it's life. And this basically, <clears throat> this goes back to Genesis chapter 2. And uh, this is where uh, this, this is where Adam and Eve goes back all the way to the garden. This is why we need Jesus, why we need to be, quote, born again. You see, when Adam and Eve, when they chose to eat of the fruit... In Genesis 3, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, God spoke to, to Adam and he said, Hey, look, he put him in the Garden of Eden. And he said, You can eat of all the trees you want, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the day you eat of it, he said, The day you eat of it, you will surely die. Well, he didn't mean they were going to physically die because they lived for hundreds of years after. But what he said was, The moment you do that, you're immediately cutting yourself off from me and you're taking on now your own ability. And so what happened is the moment they ate it, 
They were still very much a person. And so they were physically alive. They were emotionally alive. Their soul was still there. But spiritually, they cut themselves off from the life of God. And that's what the enemy's desire always was. The devil that was, he was there and he said, look, you know, look, he, he tempted even Genesis 3. And he said, no, you're not going to die. You'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. God never wanted us to know good and evil. God wanted us to know him. And so when they did that, their spirit literally went to sleep. And everyone from them forward, their spirit, man, is it lays dormant. It's, it's asleep. It's not alive. So, so we're all physical, spiritual, and, and soul, but the, the, the spiritual's not awake. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. You've got to connect. And this is what Jesus did. His death and his resurrection, it paid the penalty of sin so that now we're no longer separated from God, but it's up to us to whether or not we invite him in. <clears throat> and that's when the Holy Spirit becomes in and it literally we become born again. This happened, by the way, in, uh, and I'm going to bring this back in just a moment. This happened, by the way, um, in the in the period before Jesus ascended into heaven. It's actually found in the Gospel of John, and uh, this is part of those forty days that he would appear to them and talk to them and share with them. And part of those, he's meeting with the disciples, and as he's sharing with them in the Gospel of John, chapter twenty. Jesus says to him, again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me. I am sending you. And he said, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, receive the life of God, receive the the freshness, receive the renewing. And they, their spirit man at that moment became alive. And they're like, they became animated. It's like, woo! They experienced it. But he said in, in Acts 1 8, wait, when the Spirit comes on you. So right now, the Spirit, quote, the electricity, it's in this and it's, it's exuding power from within. But he said you're going to get power on the outside. So this is the first part of what God wants to do. He wants to cause us to, to come to life. And we can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that was the purpose for the first purpose for the Holy Spirit. Another one is <clears throat> we're, we're, we're not only saved by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You go, Mark, what's this sealed? You ever went flying? You ever went on a, uh, uh, somewhere flying? And I know that's not a popular thing right now, but you would put stuff on your, on your luggage. You'd put a tag on it. And it would say, hey, that's my luggage. So there's a lot of luggage that looks alike and different ones. And when you get to the airport and it's coming off this conveyor belt and it's all sitting right there, you look and you go, hold it, that's mine. I've got it tagged. Some of some people put special ribbons. They put a seal that says, hey, I know that's my bag. Well, that's what God does with us, with the Holy Spirit. He seals us. It's, it's like a security. It's like I, I, I'm set you up. <clears throat> and I sealed you for myself. And so when the enemy, when anybody, you know, when the enemy comes and he looks, he's, yep, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're set apart for him. That's what 2 Corinthians one twenty two says. 
Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership, the, the, the tag, ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. In other words, look, on this earth, we're going to make mistakes. So when I give my, when I gave my life to Christ 34 years ago, have I ever sinned since there? Oh yeah, I, I've blown it. I've made some, I've made some blunders. I've made some mistakes. I did some things that were completely contrary, but it didn't mean I needed to get saved again. It meant that, Hey, I'm already sealed because the Holy Spirit, he, first of all, caused me to be born again, got this flesh that wants to do its own thing, but I got the spirit that's going, Hey, you got power. You can do this. And then, then we got this mind, will, and emotions that we, we try to, that tries to, to, to go either way. But he sealed us so that no matter what to come, he's got us. Like, like we're going to be with him forever. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says it this way. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise and glory of his name. So we are... We're saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I, I, I brought this little fork. And by the way, <clears throat> you can see it's covered. But I remember I was reading a story a while back of this uh, pastor and this lady in his church. And uh, she had a, she was an elderly lady and she had contracted cancer. And I know, you know, we go, oh, but she had actually made peace with God. And she was certainly believing for healing, but it kept getting worse. And so she called the pastor and began to make arrangements for her to go. And so she met with the pastor and uh, they talked about um, what, what song she wanted to sing at, at her celebration, her home going, her funeral. And I told y'all when it comes my time, y'all get excited because I'm what I'm looking at and what y'all looking at, totally different. I'm going to be looking at Jesus Hopefully, y'all won't be looking at me. Y'all be looking at, at a grave or something or looking at pictures on a screen. Anyhow, <laughs> she had, she had went over songs. She went over what scriptures. And then as the pastor was about to leave, she said, hold on, pastor. She goes, and she handed him a fork and said, Hey, I want you to bury me with this as well. And the pastor said, okay. And so before he left, when he began to, Walk out, he said, he turned back to her and said, I, I gotta ask, why a fork? And then she, she made this. She began to explain to him. She goes, well, you know, when we do our church suppers, and by the way, if you go to church, you know, there's always gonna be some dinner on the ground. There's gonna be some eating meetings take place. And, uh, and she said that at the end of the meal, people would go around and say, hey, hold your fork. Hold your fork. And what that meant was, hey, the dessert's coming. Don't don't throw that out because you're going to need it in just a minute because there's going to be some good stuff coming. And so she said, Pastor, I want you to bury me with this fork because <clears throat> there's some there's some good things coming. So that when, when, when they come and say, mm-hmm, and they see that fork, you can explain to him she was prepared and she's gone to experience the good thing. That's the seal of God. That's that's the knowing that, God, you got me and I got you. You're you're the one that holds me. So we're, we're, we're saved, regenerated, born again by the Spirit of God. We're sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then also, finally, we're, we're strengthened 
by the Holy Spirit. And that's the big one because in this world as we go through things, man, I don't know about you, but there's times where, man, my heart, my flesh, my mind, it can, it carries me places and it causes me to think less of who I am and who God is. And, and the Holy Spirit's right there to remind me and He strengthens me. That's where, um, you know, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, Paul is praying to them, praying to God for them. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. In other words, he was saying, Hey, I, yeah, the outside's good, but see inside. See, this is what messes with us. So, so we can make anybody think something out here, but we know in here what goes on. And this is where God says, I, Paul's saying, I want, I want the Spirit of God, the, the, the life, the breath of God to blow fresh air, fresh wind. You know, when you're going through something, it's not about you having to get your life right. It's about you receiving life and then you can operate from that place. Not me trying to get it all together and then say, okay, God, now do it. No, he wants to breathe in you right now. I don't care what you're going through. He wants to bring life so then you can experience it and then you can deal with all that you have and I have what we have going on through that power. And he said, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes to the church at Galatians and he says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, one one translation says, Walk in the Spirit. And that's kind of like, hey, what, you know, what do I, how do I walk in the Spirit? Literally, it means this. It means staying engaged. It means staying plugged in. I'm going to grab my light here real quick. So, we have this light and say you've been born again and you, you've given Jesus your, your life, your life and the Holy Spirit came in and he breathed forgiveness and He breathed love and He breathed truth and He breathed grace in you. And you're like, man, I experienced the grace, the love, the truth of God. It wasn't something I did, something He did. But then you you go walking and you're not turning off, but somehow instead of you try to do it on yourself, like somehow I'm supposed to take it from here. And that's a lie from the enemy. He wants to disconnect you from the power of God. So what happens is, is you, you get his desire, you get unplugged from him, and all of a sudden the strength, the ability to do this, is it's gone. And I want to challenge you this morning, man. Stay plugged in. I don't care what you're going. I don't care how bad it gets. Say, Lord, I know where my help comes from. I know where my power source is. It's not. It's not the power of positive thinking. If I think better, I'll do better. I'll be better. No, it's, hey, as I stay connected to Him, as I allow His power to flow in me, I allow His power to flow through me. You do the same thing. This morning, you know, maybe you've never, maybe you've you've said a prayer at some time, and maybe you've been in church, and maybe you've been waiting. Maybe you're at the place, I'm waiting. I just wish God would do something for me. I believe today is the day for Him to do that. I believe He wants to transform you from the inside out. Maybe you've been trying to do it physically, like I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to try to be be rigid as far as, you know, I, I won't look at this, I won't say that, I won't do this, I'm going to try to do it all myself. And I want to tell you, you can do that, and you may get a little ways, but I love what Paul told 
uh, Timothy, the young pastor, he put it this way. Physical training or physical exercise or physical, um, where you, you do that, it's of some value. In other words, like you can get so far by trying to just white knuckle it and say, I'm not going to do and I'm going to try to do this rigid thing. He said, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. In other words, I don't have to do this on my own and you don't have to do it on your own. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ, if you've never allowed the Spirit of God to come in and have His way, He wants to use His power, the, the, the wind, he, he, wants to, he wants to do that miraculous, that soul-stirring, that beautiful breath of air that blows out the junk and brings fresh life to you. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer if you would, if you'd like to do that this morning. I'm going to ask you if you would, if you would just uh, bow your heads right where you are. And I'm just going to, I'm going to say this prayer and I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. Amen. Let's, let's right now, let's just go to the Lord. Say, Father God, I know I'm a sinner and I know that I've sinned and that my sin has separated me from you. But Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and your death and your resurrection paid for my sin. Everything I've done in the past, everything I'm doing, everything I ever will do, Jesus, you paid for it. And Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to come, breathe your life, breathe your breath in me, breathe the life of God, Refresh me on the inside. I welcome you and I ask you to come in. Have your way in me. In Jesus name. Amen. I pray you said, I I pray you said that prayer. I hope you prayed that with me. And I know this. If you did, he will come in and he'll bring fresh life. He'll, He'll come in. He does that because he loves you. It's who he is. It's what he does. And so I just want to, I want to encourage you. If you prayed that, would you do me a favor? I mentioned it. When at the beginning, when we first started this service, the introduction, I asked you, there's a digital card. Would you do me a tremendous honor and fill that out at some point and say, hey, man, I asked him to come in and breathe. I asked him to breathe live. So we can connect with you. We'd love to help you. Like I said, on your next step on this journey, um, I would love to help you. It, it's a joy to walk with the Lord. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. And so I want you to experience that as well. Um, and in the uh, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to look at this thing. That's about the Holy Spirit in. Next week, we're going to be talking about Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit comes on. So I hope you'll join us then. Let me do this. One thing we love to do here at Christian Renewal Church, we believe in the power of the spoken blessing. Uh, thanks to our incredible Pastor Emeritus, Bill Ligon, who, who, who did a tremendous job and still does. And I want to speak that blessing over you right now. So if you would, you just receive from him. There again, it's not something you do, it's something he does. And I want to speak this over you right now. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people, that your name might be placed on them, and you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.